right, and welcome everybody to the EM Over Easy podcast. I'm here with my co-host, John. Good morning. I'm Andy Little, and we are recording with two special people today. One is a voice that you've heard numerous times before, Lois Swisher. Good morning. Glad to be back. And the other is my current boss, Stephen Nazario, coming to us from Orlando, Florida. Stephen, thanks so much for coming. Good morning. Thank welcome you for the invite. Thank yeah. you. If you've listened to a Lois session before, you know that we get deep really quick, but these are important conversations to have. And so Lois, when I reached out for this conversation, it turned into one outline that's going to end up being two episodes. I'm not going to tease the second episode, but this episode, we wanted to talk about the idea of vulnerability in emergency medicine, and maybe vulnerability in general as, as physicians. So Lois, where do you want to go? Where do we start? Well, let's start with the definition and how people feel about vulnerability, because it's something that comes up more and more lately. Do you have a feeling what vulnerability is? I have a definition that I had when I started the journey of medicine, and it was this idea that you needed to be open with people. And coming from a very open family, I thought it was be open about, you know, the dumb things in your life. Like the, you have to be able to laugh at yourself. You have to be able to, you know, at your own expense and be okay with that. And being number five of six vulnerability is like just taking it from your older siblings. But I don't think that's what exactly what we're going to talk about. Well, I think being open is a really important part of that because you can't be vulnerable without being open. I want to hear what John and Steve have to say, what they feel about vulnerability. So we start on a common plane, I'd say. I think it has some part of humility with it. I believe that it's feeling that you're not invincible, also that you're apt to feel things, some things that make you very uncomfortable and giving license to that feeling like you, it's okay to not know the right answer. It's like we have lots of questions that present themselves to us during our work that we may not know what the right answer is. We go to a colleague and say, hey, let me, let me pass this by you. Like, and then in that, I'm revealing like I don't know all the answers, but that's okay because I trust that someone else has my back and that I'm going to be able to sort of come, hopefully with, come away with a better answer than I had two minutes ago. I guess I'll approach it maybe a little bit differently because I'm going to give you what I historically thought and then what I've changed into, I guess, over time and where I'm currently at. When I was younger, I really thought vulnerability was being weak. Actually, I, I equated the kind of in the community that I lived in, in the doctrines of the church I was brought up in. And it probably wasn't right. This was my experience. But, but I understood the concept of vulnerability to leaving yourself to a position of weakness. But I've grown to think of vulnerability as more of caring enough to be able or to be willing to be hurt as the result of something, knowing or risking the chance that something may happen that may cause you personal pain, knowing that something that you're about to say or do could cause you pain, but doing it anyway because it's either the right thing to do for you or someone else. That's kind of where I'm at now. And it's a moving target, I think, a little bit for me. Yeah, I think I, I have the same thing, that, that vulnerability of being weak. And in emergency medicine, being the weak link is not what you want to be. So you develop potentially defenses. And that willingness to be hurt is something that's really hard. And I think it's actually a strength. Because if you're willing to be hurt, and you feel like you can recover from it, because most people their willingness to be hurt is that they have a way to recover if that happens. And I think that that's where our vulnerability is, is letting yourself exposed. 
I love that you guys bring up the chance of being hurt because I think of the times that I've been vulnerable, you're sharing details about failures usually. At least that's what I've noticed is that when I decide I'm going to be vulnerable with a colleague or with a learner, it's all right. So you're going to tear a story that I'm not very proud of in a moment that I wish I could take back. I want to do that to humanize your problem or at least give you the validation that you're not the only one that's been this way or had this problem. So no, I love that you brought that up today because that can be received two different ways. You can share that and then be seen lesser by that person. There's a chance. Luckily, it's not ever been the case, but there's always that chance that it can kind of drop your status with somebody if you share that failure. Well, I think to John's point, I think it's being soft or perceived as soft is to many people a weakness. And I know growing up, I would have been bulldozed right over. But at times it's useful, and especially the line of work we are in, in terms of educating other learners in this process, because it's so complex. Each of us have had different life experiences when it comes to this job, and nothing prepares you for what's coming tomorrow. We may get something completely just out of left field. And I think that it's important to sort of feel like that as a soft skill. Everybody wants to know the procedural. They want to know what's the right answer. Yes, no, black, white. But there's a lot of gray in what we do. And it's a lot. It's open to interpretation. And just to say, Lois, if you pick this option and I pick another option, it depends on where we, where, how we are approaching that problem. Not that you're more right than I am, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I want to go back to what Andy said as well, that we worry when we talk to somebody else, because your vulnerability is always with, not always, but usually with somebody else. And that my experience, having been more open about a variety of things that have been hard to me, is that the other side is that relationship and that positive experience from being connected to other people oftentimes happens in that vulnerable moment when you're sharing these hard things. You have that common humanity. And we don't emphasize that. We don't emphasize how important relationships are in our life and in our professional life. That relationship keeps us from being lonely. When we were making the satellite and talking about it, I thought about the people that I have beyond baseline like relationships, the people that are more than just acquaintances or even just colleagues. You know, a lot of people we work with were colleagues, but people that have like a next level relationship almost exclusively are people that I've been vulnerable to, literally exclusively. People that I have in a moment shared a story that's common where we could like find a new place to be friends. And it really kind of made me think about how like this is maybe why we're talking about this. It's a super important skill or a feeling that we need to put ourselves through because the end result is a more meaningful relationship with other people feeling more fulfilled at the end of it, but it's scary in the moment. And the other side of that is if you have the appearance of being invulnerable, that you have this armor around you, that at a point when you're in need, you don't have those people to reach out to. And it's so different from the persona that people expect that they're not prepared to receive whatever it is you're talking about. And that's why I think people at high levels of responsibility are ones that are at risk because they don't want to be seen as vulnerable, maybe not seen as human. And when something comes down, then who do they reach out to? That concept, I think it's been taught differently. And I think the reason it was taught differently is because it was one of the things we've talked about before, Andy, a hidden curriculum. Many, many years ago, when doing leadership training, the concept was head of the ship. You have to keep it together. People look to you 
You got to be a, a good role model. You got to be a you got to be a good role model. And I dare say you have to be a perfect role model. I mean, there were there were times that in some of the things that I was taught, it, it was there's no room for failure in this. If you fail, all fail, right? And they would still put it under the headline of a of good role model, but what they were implying was perfection was really what they were looking for. You're right. I really like that analogy that when you create the structure around yourself such that you spend all of your time being invulnerable, then when you need to, there's two edges to that. The first one is nobody's really ready to receive you. It doesn't mean they're bad people. They just don't know what to do. If you're the person that never cries and they see you crying, it shocks them. It can take them aback. But also, you don't know what you're doing. I think back to the first time I saw, and I had worked with this physician as a paramedic and worked kind of with them. I worked as an emergency room tech and kind of worked with them in a variety of different settings. And I'd never really seen them be vulnerable about anything. And they were, from all the things that I knew, a really excellent physician. And then one day we had a case that was just, from everybody's point of view, a really just an everyday case. It wasn't a anything extraordinary, no weird sickness. No, it was a member of the department. It wasn't a very young person. It, and within just a few minutes of the resuscitation, they broke down and left the room. And this was a place where there was only one physician in the building. It was a very small hospital. And everyone was just kind of stopped and, you know, turned and looked to the next person. One of the awesome nurses that had been there and had many moons of experience just kind of assumed management of the patient for a few minutes. And someone went out and we later found out what was going on. But it was really interesting because looking back with a huge retrospective lens, how much easier that would have been for the team if the leader would have been vulnerable in the moment and said, guys, I need a moment. I need some help. I need somebody to to step in for this because this is actually my brother that's here. And I haven't talked to him in 20 years. It all had to do about baggage that had nothing to do with medicine. And it wasn't even that this person was likely to die. It was, I was not in the moment ready to meet somebody that I had chosen not to speak to for many years. Right. So it's, it's that kind of, but it's funny because you were all taught. I was taught at least you can't do that. That's a failure of leadership, but the actual failure of leadership was not recognizing and being vulnerable to in this one particular case, in this one moment, I need you. I need other people to, to do something different for me and how different that would have looked if that had been the culture that was already there. I love that because I think about titanium and we all think about titanium having this incredible strength, but if it becomes cold, really cold, it's brittle, it will break apart. And when we think about our strength, if we all try to be titanium, if you get into that situation where you might break apart, nobody's going to expect that because they're going to expect you to be strong. And I think you have to look at ways to not be titanium because there's going to be times there's going to be things happening and whether it's personally um, or professionally with a malpractice bad cases somebody who looks like 
your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, those situations may take you down. As John mentions, there's this Superman complex, this like hero complex that we have in medicine. And I think there's a healthy balance there where it's important for us to feel empowered and kind of lead the team. But uh, who saves Superman? Nobody does. Like there's nobody to save Superman. Where if, if you're able to find that balance of being vulnerable in the right moments and communicate your vulnerability in a way that's appropriate, that would have worked out a lot better, I think, if if you just communicated, hey, this is a situation I need to go compose myself. I imagine your team would have just rallied and taken care of the patient and thought, thought nothing of it. But because he had never shown or, or verbalized that like there were things that got to him, it was a shock and maybe then seen as a failure. Right. And it's interesting because I look back on that situation with a lot of grace for that because I'm sure at some point in my career, I have done the exact same thing uh, with a group of people as I kind of grew on my own journey. But I think about it took time, it took experience to see that it could have been better, could have been handled differently and to to know those options are out there, but to also be okay with that, like knowing that where they were at in that moment was the very best place they could have been given the deck of cards that they had been dealt and the hand that they had played. That was it. Like it still sticks so clearly in my mind, like it comes to the front anytime I think about somebody being vulnerable or even when I'm being vulnerable about something and have that, you know, you have that fear, right? The fear of the pain. If I'm honest to you about something, or if I'm honest to someone about something that maybe I hadn't been honest about, or maybe it wasn't clear to them, or maybe it was the hidden truth. And so I just never spoken about it, or there was some scenario or whatever may be the thing. I now think about, because you write a story in your head that kind of says, if I tell them all of these bad things will happen. But that showed me that that story could actually be better than what's happening like right in the moment than letting people write their own stories. So That hurt can be embarrassment or a change in the way the other person sees you, feeling of incompetence. We're here at court, and two years ago we were in Manhattan at the beginning of the pandemic. And I get a lot of credit for vulnerability for things that I say, but it's not always easy to do that and can be very hard professionally. So I had never really used a glide scope before. I'm older. I use direct. I felt comfortable for this. I realized I could die from this. And that's what I would say to people. I could die from this. And people are like, why? I'm like, I'm not low risk. I was with all these educators who I know who would help me, who do simulation. And yet I could not say that because there was nothing I could do. Nobody could really sim with me right there. And that's all I said is I'm, I'm not low risk. When I got home, I started to practice. I realized when I was there, I thought people would think less of me. How could you not have done GlideScope? You've had all these opportunities. You could have gone to a course. And all these things played in my mind when in reality, people would be like, oh, no problem. I have this model. That story, those stories you tell are incredible. I had left uh, academics many years ago to, to go to join this community group way years before the residency started again. And I felt like I hadn't 
been doing LPs. I had not been putting central lines. I have not been doing lots of things because I had an army of residents who did all of that, who I would walk through the procedures. I knew how to do them, but they took them on. And now I had to relearn how to do that and sort of come up to other providers and say, could you help me with this? Because I've gotten rusty in doing some procedure, which is exposing myself as you know, here's like, well, I thought you came from an academic center. What what are you purporting to do when, when you're here by yourself? And I, I'm like, that's why I'm coming to you for help. And in that moment, sharing that vulnerability and then seeing that surprisingly, most people came up to the task and would help me out and, and help me sort of get my skills back up to, to par. I think both of those things that you guys bring up speak to that situation of so many times we are so worried about being vulnerable because we've built this story of a backlash or of a, a public shaming. I think what's terrible is, is that we all have the experience that that rarely happens. I tell people all the time, like, I'm not being vulnerable with my bully. Like, these aren't the people that made fun of you in grade school. These aren't the people that pulled your pants up. Like, these aren't the people that pulled your pants in on the cafeteria. Like, these are when you're vulnerable at work, you're vulnerable with people who have mutual respect. And almost every time that respect increases by you showing your vulnerability and being open to them. It does. But the story in your head oh, is so different. Because I've talked about this because I think it's crazy that I couldn't talk about it. But the words that came out of my mouth later was, I'd rather die than see disappointment in your eyes. That disappointment of me was just so overwhelming that I had trouble risking that. Yeah. Well, it probably goes in, with, in keeping with what got us to the stage, right? We were taught from very early on, succeed, succeed, right? Failure is not an option. A is the only grade you get. You can't get a B plus, A, right? And even A sometimes, no, A plus. Like, so we, we drive ourselves to this really unrealistic expectation, and we have this dialogue in our head that I guess it, we perpetuate. Yes, that's true. You have that expectation. And then there was the second part, the explanation to explain how it was possible that you got to that rather than just accepting like, oh, okay, we're going to correct that. I think that having to explain why it got that way. Now, sometimes you do, but with a glide scope, it's like, okay, that skill was something that we need to work on. But I felt embarrassed. And I think you bring up the point like that was sometimes vulnerability is forced though, right? I still remember, I mean, I think people on the table know, and if you don't, uh, you're going to know. My first year of med school, my wife and I had some marital problems and it was either separate with a seven-month-old baby or take the rest of the year off. And so there was some forced vulnerability there to where I remember when I was applying to residency, I was really worried that people would see it took me five years to graduate med school and I would be excluded despite other things that I had been doing and things I did to kind of make my application. And I'll never forget that everybody that when they asked, hey, explain this to me. And I remember the first time I was in an interview in West Virginia and they asked and I was like, I built this story that I was going to, I was going to get asked. I was going to tell them. They were going to say, thanks for coming, but you're out. And I remember telling them, and then literally as I was telling them, got to share an experience with the then program director of that program, that she had an almost an identical experience and how thankful she was that I continued. And it automatically like bonded us because I shared my experience and I had to do that a couple more times over the course. And it became this thing that like, as I shared it, I felt less embarrassed. One, because again, I got to be vulnerable in front of other people and then realized that that was a lot more common than, than people let it out to be. But there was the story but then I was forced to be vulnerable. And I think that maybe if I had told that story before then, it wouldn't have been as awkward or been as, as terrifying, I think. So uh, my lesson there was is that be vulnerable before you get to that forced vulnerability. 
And you have to do it more than once sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That um, I told that story, yeah, twelve times, and it was, and it didn't get easier. But at least, at least every time I told it, it was amazing how comforting the room felt. I have a question. Yeah, As it. you went along to, giving the story, mm-hmm. did it become less a worry of how the other person would react? Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget the last time I told it was at doctors. Um, was, that was the last place I interviewed, and, and the people asked, and I told them, and. Um, I have to, I was the most honest the last time I told it. And that was the other, like part of it was also like telling the entire story. I kind of started with, oh, I had some marital problems and that was kind of how I told it the first time. And, but over the course of interview season, I, the more I told the actual truth, the better I felt and the less guilty I felt about it. Was it cathartic or was it, I think the best way to explain it. And even now, like, I mean, I don't share it. I don't shout it from the rooftops, but whenever I see somebody in medicine struggling with their marriage, I'm like, Hey, I, I've been there. Let me tell you my story. And I was able to share it when I was a chief resident. Two of my interns were having problems with their marriages. And like I was able to, and I think to them, I was this unvulnerable person. And I was like, hey, let's go, let's go get some, go get breakfast. You really can't legislate this. You really can't teach this in a class. It's not like you can go, here are the bullet points. This is how you handle this. It's, it's sharing your personal experience. It's, it's sharing your, your life story or like an example like that to show that, listen, yeah, I'm sorry going through that, but here's my story. And I don't know what lessons they can take from that one, but feeling like you are truly sharing something, a moment with them and telling them it's okay because you've experienced something either similar or along the parallel lines. And here you are, you're still, you're still standing. The other thing too, I think I would like to, to hear just your perspectives on and see if you agree with one of my mentors. So we talk about most of the time, right? Almost always when you're vulnerable, the story that you have written about the worst case scenario doesn't happen, but sometimes, sometimes it does. And one of the probably earliest times I was really attempting to be vulnerable with somebody and they reacted in exactly the way I had written in my head that they were going to react. And it was really funny. It happened. I, and I didn't really know what to say or what to do. But I just kind of let it sit and kind of got out of the the moment. And I went back to one of my counselors, one of my senators in my life, who is a very wise lady. And it was really funny. I had expected, I had also written a story about what would happen with that. I'd expected her to give me, you know, all kinds of, well, that's what happens when you're vulnerable and you open yourself to pain and sometimes it happens. And right, I was expected to get well, you know, I told you so. You could have kind of seen this coming. And what was really funny was her take on it. I, you know, I went through and I explained, and I'm sure I had tears in my eyes if I wasn't actually just crying about how this had gone down. And she looked at me and she had a cup of tea in her hand and she sipped it and she said, well, now you know. And I was like, what? She's like, now you know how they would have betrayed you down the road because surely this person would have figured it out or found out or you would have just felt at some point like you could trust them and now you know, right? So you're in a better position. You're in a stronger position for knowing that. And even though you experience some pain or some discomfort secretly, the truth is that that makes you less prone to get hurt again or less prone to get more hurt 
because now you know where that person actually stands. So it was, it was a funny take on the same thing, right? Being vulnerable still helped, but not in the way that I thought it was going to. I shared a story once with someone. I was expecting sympathy. And they looked at me and they said, so what lessons are you going to take away from this? And I'm like, what? I was in sympathy mode. I was in a little self-pity mode. And I was like left standing there going, that did not go how I thought it was going to go. And I thought it was a moment here. I'm, I'm trying to get sort of warm and fuzzy. And I was sort of like, oh, I have to do some introspection, but which was good. It, it did show me that I had to look at that question. It's funny, as, you were, as John was telling that story, I was reminded of, it hasn't happened often, but one of the ones that was the most surprising to me was I was vulnerable with one of my faculty members, and they then used that as a moment to lecture me. I was like, what? Like, I thought we were having a thing. And then it turned into this, well, you know, if he would have done this, and I was like, all right, well, and again, note to self, I now know the cards have been played. I know where we stand. I mean, I didn't think of that at the time, but like, I remember I, I called my dad, and I was he was like, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm good. And I tell him the story. And he's like, well, you know, that person is not somebody you can count on. I have always advocated sort of wellness and sort of this, this open door policy and having people come to my office. And I guess uh, like Lucy, the psychiatric help for five cents <laughs> five cent. uh, from, from Charlie Brown that became a comfortable spot for individuals. But then I would often, not often, but uh, at times I've had stories come back to me or on some other scenario. And I'm thinking, I shared that and that came out and got weaponized against me because I had been vulnerable with somebody. You know, it's a risk. It's a risk you take with being vulnerable with others that you now have put it out there. I guess that's what scares us about sharing. So if you listen to our show, you know that we never get to the bottom of the barrel. We open it for you and say, enjoy. But if you're a listener listening to this episode and you're wondering, what are my take homes from each one of us? How about each one of us pick one thing about vulnerability that we want the listener to remember? That might be stealing somebody else's here. Be careful of the story you tell yourself because that story you tell yourself creates a frame that may not be the one that works the best or is really true to the picture. I think it's okay to be wrong, but it's also okay to do some self-care. Don't beat up on yourself as much. Mine would be that if you whittle it away, being vulnerable is also about being truthful. And one of the best phrases I ever heard is the truth won't kill you. It may hurt, but it won't kill you. And if you remember that, that there is something beyond the pain of the moment, whether it's actual or perceived, about being able to stand in your truth. I think mine would be, if you're listening, to think about the next step of vulnerability is, is when someone is vulnerable with you, just listen and just be in the moment. Because I think that's the place you need to be, is just be there and listen and accept their vulnerability and take that as an opportunity to see your friendship grow and deepen and, and be important. Well, Lois, we love having you on the show, by the way. It always gets very somber and there's a lot of reverence when you're here. So I really appreciate you bringing that to the table. Well, thanks so much to Lois and Stephen for coming on to talk with John and I about the all-important topic of vulnerability. For those that were listening, do not forget we are the official podcast of the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians. To learn more about this great organization and how you can get involved in an upcoming CME event where you might have the chance to see your favorite EM over easy hosts, visit acoep.org today. <laughs>